It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. As well as my co-host, Demetrius Harvey. You can find him at Demetrius82. And most importantly, the Locked On Gators handle at Locked On Gators. While you're at it, make sure to go ahead and subscribe to the show just about anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to Locked On Gators. So subscribe, leave a rating and review on iTunes if that's where you're at because we want to hear what you think of our show. And for today's show, I don't even know where we're going to go with this one, man. We're a day removed from Florida football standing still. As you know, we weren't able to do an immediate recap podcast when uh, events were paused for Florida football because I had a computer issue. In fact, it was broken. But I'm on a new one now. We're getting back into the flow of things, and we're trying to figure out where we're going to go from here. So is Florida. Demetrius. All we know so far is that Florida is playing LSU on December 12th, no longer this upcoming Saturday. We talked a little bit about what the schedule could end up looking like with this game, or could have, I mean, I guess an alternative uh, was your idea to play it later this month and move LSU's schedule around. But we know as of now it is scheduled for December 12th. What do you think about that as well as the potential for Florida's upcoming game against Missouri next week? possibly being affected by this yeah i mean so here's kind of my thought process on it and it could be wrong it could be irrational or whatever but but this is kind of how how i thought about it so december 12th they're moving it right i think it was a a week before the sec championship game they didn't opt to remove or they haven't opted to move it to the october 31st which i had suggested because you know it, it just fits you know auburn can play lsu the next week Blah, blah, blah. So it seems as though they don't want to play a, a game before they play Georgia, which I get because, you know, obviously Georgia and Florida, Florida-Georgia game, that's, you know, the game of the season for Florida every single year. They want to be as rested as they can be. Now, now you kind of think about it. It's like if Florida wants to compete for a, a national championship or if they want to compete for the SEC championship, they're going to have to play LSU, who could be, you know, a better team by December 12th. They could be a more polished team. You, you got to remember LSU is coming in with a brand new office coordinator coming in with brand new players on office. Jamar Chase isn't there anymore. Kind of getting into their groove right now. Terrence Marshall, I, I believe that's his name. Uh, he's Terrence Marshall. Popping, yeah. He's popping off. He, he's got, I think he has seven touchdowns. Basically having a Kyle Pitts season, um, low key, and, and people aren't really paying too much attention to him right now. But 
who knows where where they're going to be. So it's it, it's interesting that they have uh, used up that space in right before an SEC championship game. And I know that the Gators are far and away away from that game. And, and who knows if they're even going to be the SEC East champions. But it, it's just something to think about. And um, that's kind of what I thought about it the whole time. I think it would certainly end up being a game full with offensive fireworks, a shootout uh, between Florida and LSU the week before the SEC championship. Should Florida be contending for it? I mean, if so, like, yeah, talk about a game with some momentum to get into the SEC championship. When you're going against a team that, and we've praised Florida for how good their offense is, LSU is averaging three more yards per game than them this year. So, <laughs> yeah, fireworks, exactly. baby. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna be a it's gonna be an offensive shootout. And I mean that that's kind of what we expected going into this week, even. I was thinking this is gonna be a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Both defenses aren't good. I mean, every SEC defense isn't good pretty much this season, but it it, it it's one of those things where you have to think about I guess this could be a nice warm up game for the offense if, if they're in that and they're in that position and <laughs> they're gonna have to hope that the defense has corrected itself by then i mean maybe that's their plan maybe they wanted a bye week in the middle of the season rather than late in the season that they didn't want to mess with all of that but i just i just think that you can't dictate your schedule based on playing georgia i mean imagine if next week in the missouri game which we don't know if they're gonna play yet and no one knows yet because this stuff it, it it it's it's killed a lot of teams so for example fau They've already had to reschedule or postpone four games this season. They're not. They didn't play Southern Miss on Saturday. They've had a COVID outbreak for a long time. A little bit more players than the Gators, but it's still a high number. And the Gators have a high number themselves. You know, twenty-one players, two staff member or two coaches. It, it, it you, you just, you just don't know. So if, if they're going to have to end up rescheduling that Missouri game now, they don't have that December twelfth date, and that's kind of where my thought process went with when I was trying to rescheduled them to play LSU on October 31st. You know, it, it would have just made it easy. And now if they have to reschedule or postpone another one, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. I'm wondering what the odds are of Florida being able to move the Missouri game to Thursday because they'd be going into their bye week before Georgia. They'd have to have this thing under control very quickly. We have reason to suspect that might not end up being what's happening, which we'll talk about in our next segment. But I mean, Maybe that's an option if they are able to get this thing under control very quickly, get enough players to field a competent roster that meets the minimums and where they could actually play to where maybe you take Missouri, you move it from Sunday to Thursday, and then you still get, what, 10 games or 10 days before Georgia? Yeah, they could do that. And actually, Scott Strickland, the the Florida AD, said yesterday, you know, he was asked specifically, you know, can we maybe see a college football game not played on a Saturday or an SEC game not played on a Saturday this year and he said well it's 2020 <laughs> so you know you, you you never know they could play on a Tuesday a Thursday a Wednesday whatever day that makes sense as long as it fits both team schedules and you're right if they had 10 days before Georgia they they would probably gladly take that yeah um, so we're gonna see what they're gonna do uh, and, and also just to clarify something the while the Gators have 85 scholarship players and Right now, only 18 have been uh, reported to be tested positive. That doesn't bring them below the minimum, but Strickland says that with the players who are quarantined currently, who have come in close contact with those who are positive, and then with the non-COVID injury list, the players who, you know, got maybe they broke an arm or however you want to talk about it, just not COVID. With all those players involved, they have less than 50 scholarship players. And the SEC has mandated or, or suggested 
whatever their strict guidelines are. That they, they call have it a mandate that coaches are allowed to just say nah to. Yeah, I mean, coaches <laughs> could say no, but I mean, like, if you're being a, a, a responsible coach, you're not throwing out 40 players out there. I mean, maybe. True. <laughs> yeah, maybe 40. Uh, I mean, Dan, Dan doesn't like competitive disadvantages. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. I don't think and, and, he'd want to do that. And and, and <laughs> that was actually something that, that he talked about. Dan Dan talked about that a lot during before the season even started. He said, you know, how are we going to do this? We, we still don't know the roster limitations. He was talking about the travel teams because the, the travel teams have to be a little different. They haven't expanded that roster. So he definitely feels some type of way about, you know, roster limits. So I, I don't see the Florida being a team that would go in there with less than 53 um, I know that the SEC doesn't exactly mandate it, mandated, but they did say that that should probably be a threshold that people should follow. Props to him for having those questions during the offseason, and hopefully that allowed him and the coaching staff to establish some sort of plan for, you know, how they can game plan for games immediately after an outbreak. Because you know they're not going to be at full strength when they come back. No, they're they're not. I mean, and 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 that and that should be expected, though. I mean, that's you true. don't know. Yeah, you you don't know about this, and then this is like a it's weird to pause football when you're not supposed to be paused. Like a, a bye week is one thing, but then to have this sort of thing going on where you're not able to meet up, you're not able to do anything. You kind of just have to stay away and stay off your mind. Your, your mind has to stay off of football. It's, it, you know, you can expect a little rust. You're going to have to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we know that they need to stay away from each other right now. Keep the team you know, quarantined as you need to, and obviously not gathering. We've got some questions. When we come back from this segment, we're wondering, did the team gather despite clear evidence of something that was coming? What's up, everyone? This is Zach Goodall, host of the Lockdown Gators podcast. And I'll tell you what, being a sports journalist, doing what I do every day, I do need a lot of energy. I'm a guy that's always drank coffee, but recently it's just not been getting it done for me in order for me to break through my wall, which is why I've been going towards Built Go as a replacement for any other energy drink because it's a lot more healthy. It's brought to you by the same folks that brought us Built Bar, my favorite protein bar that we've talked about plenty here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's great because not only does Built Go bring you energy, but it also gives you protein. It's also loaded with vitamins uh, such as B6 and B12, 10,000% of your daily value, and other great things, including collagen protein that's fast absorbing to get into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on your stomach when you've got a long day ahead. Filled with work, where you really need this energy. Comes in three great flavors, my favorite being the peanut butter honey. It's got a kick of caffeine, and it's only 1.5 ounces in each package. So it's easy to carry around, easy to take with you whenever you need it. Visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Let's break through those walls. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So I, I put out a story today. It took a little bit of going through Strickland's timeline that he created for us in his press conference, as well as comments that Dan Mullen made earlier in the week, just what their schedule was for Monday. 
when everything, you know, when they kind of started figuring things out. And we talked about this yesterday, exactly how things came about. Apparently, last week, they there were some players that did not report symptoms. Which that's, Chances are that could be where it came from, because those guys, if they didn't report it, they decided to go and travel and play. They were on planes with these guys. They were you know, practicing, making contacts, staying in hotels, or whatever it is that they were doing, they were together. But, you know, we, they haven't finished their contact tracing. We don't know 100% if that is what caused it. Maybe they did get it on the trip. But regardless, they started finding out Sunday that guys were getting sick. Strickland said as much that the, um, at the trainers and medical staff started finding that out Sunday night. Guys had symptoms. That was enough for them to immediately cancel their Monday morning 8 a.m. meeting. Props to them. Get that done. Clear it up. Get it out of the way. The Gators practiced on Monday night as a team. Maybe they did remove all the guys that had originally tested positive at first and done contact tracing, but it clearly wasn't enough at that point because they ended up realizing a day later just how serious things were getting and they had to pause activities. So it begs the question because Strickland did not you know, confirm anything. He did not say if they can regret the pra- having the practice on Monday because they didn't have the information available. But he said that they had suggested maybe there could be a meeting to make up for the lost one. He never said if it actually happened or not. He did not clarify. All we know is after they canceled the meeting, they had at least one gathering as a team. Potentially more. And we don't know what happened until about 2, 3, 4 o'clock, that time frame when they officially paused things on Tuesday. Demetrius, I know I just ranted like a ton to try and explain it, but essentially, you know, Florida having practices and meetings won't be why they have this outbreak, but it was incredibly foolish of them to continue doing it anyway. Well, well, it just begs the question: What are you thinking? You know, it, if if you if you're if you're going to cancel a Monday morning meeting because you are afraid or you are taking precautions, being extra extra cautious of these potential positive tests that they anticipated coming, the trainer even said, you know. We got some sick players. I'm not sure if it's positive yet. We haven't got the test results yet, but we got somebody. And then they canceled the Monday meeting. Good job. You know, kudos to you. But then why do you practice just hours later? It's the same day you're practicing. You haven't even got the test results back. Or even if they did get the test results back and they did isolate those players, like you said, Zach, why aren't you taking even more precautions? Because perhaps these guys have already been exposed. Perhaps it's too late. And Strickland... He kept mentioning how in an outdoor environment, the risk of infection isn't as high. And while that may be the case in a typical sense, is it the case when the players are in close contact with each other? I know they're not tackling, but they're pretty much right next to each other. The entire offensive line is always next to each other. The entire defensive line is always next to each other. The cornerback and the – I mean, you just have a lot of players who are grouped up together when in the huddle. I mean – unless they were socially distancing during practice, which I don't understand why they would, it, it doesn't make sense to to go ahead and, and have people gathering still in a in an environment that you know that could potentially have been an outbreak. You know, they I understand that 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 the Florida Gators needed to practice. I know that they're trying to just go, you know, follow their protocols and, and that's what they're doing, but I feel as though this is how things get messy. When you don't take those extra, extra precautions, you already tried it with the Monday morning meeting. And we don't know if they met in the afternoon. Strickland said that they talked about, you know, maybe meeting in the afternoon, telling the players like that might be a thing. But we do know they practice because we had a post game practice 
from Brian Johnson and players. So we know for a fact that they did practice on Monday and they just simply ignored all the precautions or it seemingly ignored all the precautions that they could have taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that simple. You know, you realize that you could have a serious something coming, even if it's three cases. At the end of the day, that's three too many. It's within your football program and you're still practicing. It just, you can pull out as many as you need, but on a day that you're canceling the practice, or sorry, you're canceling your morning meetings, you cancel the practice, give it a day. You got to do what you got to do at that point. Well, look at it this way. I think it was the Atlanta Falcons. I I don't want to get the team wrong, but it was, it was an NFL team. They had one guy test positive and they said, all right, we're, we're canceling the, we're canceling everything for today. That's yeah. what teams are doing. That's what progressive teams are doing in the NFL right now. They're it's saying, you know, I mean, besides the Falcons having to fire their head coach, but that's, that, you know, sure, that's beyond the point. Sure. <laughs> I don't even know if it was actually the Falcons, but it, 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 it was some NFL team. They, they, they had one person. It wasn't even a player, I don't think. And they shut down the facility. The, the beat reporters are like, all right, cool. We, we're not, we're not having any press conferences today. And I feel like that's the, that's the proactiveness that you need to see, especially in a, in an environment like college. These are these guys are kids. They're amateurs, as the NCAA says. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not paid. They're not paid in real money. They're paid in scholarship money. They have like a little stipend, maybe. Then once these guys' careers are over, most of them, the large majority of them, don't go into the NFL. They don't go in professional sense. Yep. So you're 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 trying to risk these, you know, risk their health in terms in trying to practice on a Monday, Monday before the game on Saturday feel like they could have figured out a way to, to just at least settle down and say, you know what, we're canceling practice Monday. Maybe we'll reschedule it. Maybe we just won't have that practice for the day. I mean, I just – I won't understand it. Maybe we'll get more clarification later from Dan Mullen or Scott Strickland if he comes back out. I wouldn't bet on it, man. And I don't mean to keep taking shots at Dan here, but, I mean, I'm with you. I think it was very irresponsible. But in between the canceled meeting and the practice that happened on Monday – Dan Mullen called UF's handling of sports and football during the pandemic a model of safety. And kids went out and practiced that night under his watch. So not, yeah. not ideal whatsoever. Yeah, it really is an ideal. And the thing is, like, like they, they were doing well. I mean, we, yeah, we'll have to give them that. They had 10, I believe, 10 cases from July to October. But it, <laughs> that's kind of how it works. It just all of a sudden happens. The Titans – same thing. I I know I keep going to the NFL, but that's because I, I cover the, the Jaguars for the NFL. I, I stay close into this. The, the the Titans had a huge outbreak. And before that, it's not like they were getting tests or positive tests every week. They were smooth sailing too. And so, you know, you have to be very, very careful when you do this. You can't let up. You can't loosen the, the protocols that they have set in place because they're in, they're in place for a reason. I think so, you can tell that they probably let up once kids were back in school. No, right. I mean, they put a lot of trust into their team, which how do you put trust into a, a team if you're not paying? And also yeah. it being a bunch of college kids, they're going to make mistakes. That was You wrote about it. It mm-hmm. really became clear the vulnerability of not just the Gators. I'm definitely not no. trying to pin the Gators here, but across the SEC in college football, it became extremely clear the vulnerability of this is putting your trust in college kids to run a multi-billion dollar operation. Yeah, no, it is. And I did talk about in, in the article on um, on all allgators.com. And that's the one vulnerability that I could see like clear as day. If you have to rely on kids, you know, it, it, if you have to rely on them to, to go in to tell the trainer, hey, man, I have allergies this morning. I usually don't get them this bad. 
I'm just telling you, I'm just letting you know, if you rely on them to do that, football players, you guys know their mindset. <laughs> They're trying to go out there playing with broken arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, especially I mean, like, like this, like it might, it, maybe uh-huh. they felt their symptoms and they truly thought it was like Dan and Strickland have both said, maybe it was truly the sniffles for some guy. <laughs> they tried, they tried to, they thought maybe it was a quick little allergy attack and they brushed it off and they went and practiced like it was no big deal. And you know what? Like, in a non-COVID sense, of course, you're always going to understand that. But that's your yeah. point right there. That's it in a nutshell. It's putting your faith in the kids. Yeah, it's sad. Um, you have to be able to have a way to organize this in, in a way that you actually extract this information from the kids, regardless of if they're like the sniffles or whatever. You have to. They have to report every single thing. And um, maybe they'll change some protocols of that instead of focusing on the away trip. When we come back, we're going to be talking about where exactly we go from here as we prepare for a weekend without Gators football. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Where do we go from here with Florida Gators football? That's the question because we don't even know if they're going to play their next scheduled game after the first one was already postponed. So I guess, I mean, what we can only look forward to is what the players and coaches are able to do in this time frame. We know that they can continue meeting over Zoom and stuff like that and, you know, treat operation game planning as somewhat normal, but they obviously can't meet as a team. I would assume the rules include that they are not even allowed to meet off the field as members of a team, which we've seen happen in the NFL. Could be some serious punishment coming. We can talk a little bit more about the NFL. Demetrius, you've got a little more insight there. Um, I mean, the Tennessee Titans, you mentioned them, they had – they were pretty much the team that risked everything for the NFL here for a second. And then they had players go out and meet on their own time. And some kids like sniped some pictures of them and sent them off to a reporter. Props to those kids for putting those players in line. But the Gators cannot afford something like that at this point. They've just got to buy into getting back on track and hoping you can play Missouri sometime in the near future and get ready for that game. Yeah. They, 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 you're right about that. They cannot be the Titans, you know, try to be anybody but the Titans. And, and, and if, if you're going to meet out, this is one thing that kind of frustrated me about Tennessee. They're going out, they're meeting. They know how many COVID cases they had. They're at a high school. So not only are they putting themselves at risk by meeting together, but if a kid is sniping them from wherever they got them, they, they, they snipe the pictures. They're also putting other people at risk potentially. Mm-hmm. So, so this is a twofold situation where you're sitting there trying to compete for a game of football, putting other people at risk. You have all this health insurance and all that. I don't mean to go on a rant about that, but it's just like, how are you going to put other people in danger because you're so selfish to try to get your team right? You're already undefeated. Like it, it just didn't make sense. But the Gators cannot be a team to meet. You know, Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts are just going to have to, you know, hunker down and, and, and you know, they're not going to have that great connection during this 
quote unquote bye week, which is kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not good. And, and and you're right. The Tennessee Titans are going to be, maybe they're going to be handed a punishment. I'm not sure. Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell came out and basically said that they they're using this as more of a lesson than a punishment, or that was kind of their talk that they had, but we'll see what, what happens with Yeah, them. the lesson should be a loss of a first-round pick, bro. Especially so my Jags don't have to face another good first-round pick. <laughs> it, should, it should be something, huh? I mean, yeah. you would you would figure that that they would do something. But but the point is, the Gators aren't going to be able to meet. They shouldn't meet. They should just hunker down until all of this is cleared up. Um, I believe that Scott, Scott Strickland said that the quarantine period was 10 days per the per, per the. It's CDC. 10 days if you test positive, 14 if you came in contact, I think. Okay. So, Something yeah. Like so, that. there you go. So, 10 days if you, if you test positive, 14 if you come in contact. However however that works. It's confusing, so right? Wait. Because, like, what if what if a guy, you know, maybe it was a false positive, but they didn't end up testing positive. They just came in contact or something like that, and they're quarantining for that long. It's It just seems like a confusing process up by the SEC, that's for sure. Well, well, it is, but I also believe that, that there's there's testing protocols in terms of if you test negative a certain amount of days in a row, and we do know that the Gators are currently with all the healthy players that are there, they're 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 testing daily, and they're going to keep testing daily until I believe Strickland said ride it out. So like when when everything's done, when they when they get this under control, they're testing daily. So kudos to them that that that's a really good thing. I, I I've I've always been a proponent of daily testing. The NFL does it, and you see that there's still you know, some outbreaks, but to prevent these even more so, I believe daily testing should be a requirement. I understand that schools can't all afford to pay for this, but a school like UF certainly can, especially with UF Health right next door. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, like, where they go from here. How are they going to fix their issues on the football field while they're in this bye week? You know, it, it's going to be important for them to, you know, still talk about this you know there's there's there are still games to be played i understand that this is more serious but there is still games to be played if they do end up playing missouri they have to still be mentally focused in that what do you think zach they're gonna have to face a freshman quarterback in connor bazalik i believe that's how you pronounce his name who just had a career takeoff game like just put up i think four touchdowns and i'm pulling up his exact stats right now and forgive me for stalling because i was not prepared to talk about his stats, but all I know is that he came out and he had an explosive breakthrough game this past weekend. And now, as things stand, Florida's extremely suspect defense is going to be coming up against him next. See, I've got, oh. the, I've got the game logs right here. They're coming up. I promise. Sorry for my stalling. He threw oh. for 406 yards and four touchdowns, completing 85% of his passes against LSU this past weekend. Wow. Yeah. Well, that shows you what type of defense they're you know, the, the Gators were about to go up against <laughs> Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts and all of them might have had a field day. But, yeah, it, it, the SEC is interesting this year. There's no good there's no good defenses. Alabama's garbage as well. I'll say it. Alabama's defense is not good. I know Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, um, they have the ability to be an explosive offense, but they're a brand-new offense, and they put up 48 points, I believe, against Alabama. I think Lane Kiffin even went up to Nick Saban after a game and said, I thought we played defense in the SEC. Nope. So, <laughs> he, was quoting, he was quoting Demetrius Harvey. He was quoting me. Me and, me and Lane, you know, we have, a, we have a couple conversations a week talking about this. Like, he, I told him, I said, you know. You got to get all Miss starting on playing defense first if you want to talk about it. Yeah, I was like, you know what, Lane, you're coming into the SEC. It's going to be really defensive heavy. Do you think you'll, you'll be able to do it? He's like, I don't know, man. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> – 
it, 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 it's, just, it's just interesting, and I guess we'll see how Florida can fix their defensive issues going forward, especially against a team like Missouri. I don't know that they can, especially with another week off. You know, if they had several weeks off and that made them forget how to, you know, play defense a little bit, then maybe another week won't do them any good either. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, make sure to stay tuned with us as we move forward. We're going to be doing it. Just like you guys, we're going to be learning something new every day and figuring out exactly how Florida is going to combat this outbreak that has currently put their program on pause. Until next time, make sure to go ahead and throw us follows on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall for me, at Demetrius82 for Demetrius, and at Lockdown Gators for the podcast. Subscribe anywhere you can listen to podcasts, leave a rating and review, and check out our written work at allgators.com, part of Sports Illustrated. Catch up with you guys next time. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.